Hey, you. Thanks for tapping into some Untapped CAG podcast where we explore different perspectives of sobriety and mental health so that you could take something, implement it into your own life. Where we believe that the only right way to sobriety is the way that works for you. I'm RJ Zimmerman, and I am excited to be here with my really great friend. And he just happens to be a British. His up for the challenge. How are you doing, sir? Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. I, I like that. A British. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. That's uh, like mine and Lobow's back and forth is often like, uh, you know, the British is helping me or. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's, it's true, but also it's fun. So let's have some fun, right? Yeah. So yeah. up, you have been on this podcast before, but let's give people a quick intro into who you are and what you do. Uh, could you yeah, help me I mean, out there? Yeah, I mean, the last time I was I was on, uh, it was a while ago. I mean, I had, in fact, I had different colored hair back then. I think I was blonde the last time I was on. Um, uh, and, you were, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a, um, back then I was a mental health streamer. I don't stream anymore, but I'm a mental health uh, facilitator and educator and um, I'm the chair of a mental health charity um and uh yeah i do i have my own podcast on mental health and i, I have a channel that uh that looks to educate people on mental health um just relaunched it um with a kind of a newer look to take my face out of it basically um and just just be more educational on it um yeah i i think i have a more abrupt way of discussing um mental health and potentially a lot of other people expect especially down to even the way i look i think i'd probably come across a lot nicer than i than i uh than sometimes am when people try and take the piss out of mental health and that's why i love our discussions so much and i love what you know everything that's happening at up for mental health because it's it's not just talk you know it's it's doing and it it gives ways to implement it but it's like you can grasp it's not these high level concepts that w- we sometimes hear and talk about when it comes to mental health right they're just like these simple things are places where you can start and then you can ease yourself into the high level if you need to but at least here's here's a level that you can start at and guess what we're going to use words that you use every day because we're also everyday people yeah, exactly. And I mean that that was a, a big thing. I think um one of the first uh podcasts for the for the for the charity I, I did, because we have a, a mix of podcasts and meditations, all different things on on the um on the channel for the charity. And I think I, I got halfway through the podcast just went, if anyone was like logging into this thinking that because we're a charity, we wouldn't swear, you're fucking wrong. Um, because that's the thing, and that's the thing I really dislike, like you say, about the way that other charities work when they deal with these things. And don't get me wrong, you know, there's a lot of mental health charities out there that do a lot of good things, but I think there is the place for one that just goes, are you feeling shit? Have you tried all the other stuff and it doesn't work for you? What do you enjoy doing? Like, does that help you? Does going for a run help you? Cool. We'll help you go for a run. Does, um, you know, does... does Fanning about with um your um you know your Ghostbusters fucking proton pack, <laughs> happy. Fine, then we'll we'll um we'll help you build one or find one. You know <laughs> that, that that I think um uh, are missed, and also for, for certain parts of the population, it feels a lot 
for for a lot of people that they're talked down to when it comes to mental health. You know, um, especially if you have certain conditions such as autism, for instance, people get talked down to because you get infantilized. And it's this idea you don't understand or which will keep you to the side. But actually, you just want to scream at them and you kind of go, right, look, we'll talk to you the rea- in reality. We won't muck about with, um, you know, stuff that you don't need to know. You don't need to know the 20 different versions of your condition. Um, you know, that's what I have a separate YouTube channel for, for, for education. If people want to know that, you can go over there, you know. But I'm not going to do that when somebody's just coming and saying, I feel like shit and I don't know why. Cool. These are the ways, these are the people you can talk to. These are the organizations you can talk to. This is, if you think it's this here, these are the general numbers. Here's the crisis numbers. In the meantime, if there's something you enjoy doing, here are some people that can help you with the videos we have exclusive to the charity. Beyond that, we're then obviously recently, we've done this as well, is then going, right, we're going to have something near to you. It's going to be every few weeks. Maybe it's going to be a martial arts um, for anxiety, martial arts for mental health, generally anxiety and, and depression. Um, it's going to be walks in, you know, in nice areas. It's going to be teaching you to cook because, hey, you're a single parent and it feels really shit not being able to cook right for your for your kids, and that's that's makes even worse anxiety or whatever reason, you know. Uh, and we just try and do that and actually just be a normal like helping point for people because like you say a lot of the time it gets these this idea of well you've you've got to see this person and i'll be straight up i don't do talking therapy i fucking hate talking therapy and i know there's gonna if there's anyone out there that's gonna go oh my god the head of a mental health charity said he he doesn't do talking therapy and things like yeah because it doesn't work for me. It does work for a lot of people, for millions of people, but it doesn't for me. And and so I have other ways of dealing with things. Oh. <laughs> and it, yeah, this is this is where we have uh dealing help with kids. This is this, this is the the parenting <laughs> life, right? Where you have to every once in a while be able to pivot and live with it right i could get i could get mad and yell he's three he doesn't understand he just wants daddy's attention and wants (laughs) him to be present and why would i be mad about that and do i get frustrated absolutely sometimes do i get annoyed yes but taking a step back and this is a great time to kind of like get into that right is why why is it is it is it him or is it something else that's going on and then why would i take why would i want to take it out on him it doesn't mean that i'm always perfect i'm i don't get angry and that i don't do you know i don't make mistakes i apologize for them and i absolutely own them and i let them know it's not their fault let them know what i'm feeling so that they understand um those frustrations i think you got to be flexible (laughs) you need to remember as well is that it's okay to get frustrated because i think yes thank you we'll be we'll just be like oh my god i'm a horrible person because i've done this or because i've thought this or because whatever and you're like well actually no you're just you're human like the idea that you can go you'd go through life and like you're you're doing something and this happens out, out of nowhere and you've got to deal with it and that you wouldn't just randomly get frustrated is just nonsensical. But of course, Hollywood TV and everything else tries to say it is. So then you see that, and then you 
you know, and it just it becomes a cycle for you. But at the end of the day, it's okay to have a shit day. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay. I, I've I've said this before, but I think the videos I made on this have gone. It's okay to be angry, but there's a difference between acting on anger and being angry. And I think that's the difference as well that uh, people never really understand that like my default setting is upset and anger. That's my default emotional setting. It just is. But that doesn't mean I go around punching people in the face. But for some reason, we always associate anger. We always associate um, uh, upset or anything like that in certain ways. And they're always negative. And there's always this idea of, well, everyone should be happy all the time. Let's be positive vibes only. And I'm like, I will punch you in the face because that's the one time my anger does deserve to hit you because it's not positive vibes only. You know, you've made a comment about this before. Mindset um, by Dave says it. It's appropriate vibes only. Yeah. You're in a shit mood and everything's going wrong. It isn't actually a pro. It's actually more disturbing for you to be happy in a certain moment. And don't be because why the hell would you be? I, going through a divorce. Should I be happy right now? I mean, <laughs> come on, let's be honest. Like that's, and that's the thing. And yes, I totally stole it from him. And I'm glad that you brought that up because now it's mine, Dave, get your own <laughs> appropriate vibes only. It's for up for mental health. We claim it. That's <laughs> our trademark now. Appropriate vibes only. Um, but like these negative emotions, right? These so so called negative emotions. And um, I saw this really great person online call them protective emotions instead of negative, because right. and like that's that's true. Like things that we perceive as quote unquote negative are not negative. They're with something and no emotion is wrong. And it's funny that you said your default is frustrated and angry. Like, yeah, that's, that's what we are ingrained that we're supposed to be as, you know, as men. And so that's where we get, and like, that's adults in general, because we are under a lot of stress. And when we say you have to be happy, like happy is turning into a swear word to me. I don't, I don't believe in happiness anymore. And that doesn't mean that I don't believe in the emotion happy because I do. It just means that like happiness and like you're saying with the positive vibes, it's not real. It's a fairy tale. And it's yeah. it's inappropriate to think that you could always be there. Yeah. I mean, I I think I, I think this is probably the first time you came across me. I was I was very much that kind of point of view as well of like. I, I really despise the positivity. I, I'm not a fan of like be kind to everyone. Yeah. I fucking hate it. You why are we why are we kind to everyone? I, I know gen like anyone out there, and, and I'm gonna do the same, even though this isn't my podcast, I'm gonna do it for for uh for <laughs> for RJ here. But you know, come and attack me. If you want to have a go at me, you're just meaning that he's got views and more watch time. So go for it. But why <laughs> why do we have to be kind to everyone? Why what is this nonsense? And it came a lot with with things like um, you know, the customer is always right. No, they're not. The customer is almost never right. That's the point. You know, we don't always want to be um kind to someone that is treating us like utter shit. I don't think the appropriate response to mass murderers is going. Oh, come here. Let me give you a hug. No, it's punch the cunt in the face. Like there's, there's, the responses aren't always there to be positive, to be kind. You don't have to be. 
And that's not saying that you shouldn't be kind to people. It's saying it shouldn't be the default. My deep, my as I say, my default is angry, and I play through about fifty different responses in my head when I'm on my when I'm in my default. And don't get me wrong, my default is usually when I'm a bit down anyway, but um, because I can't put a mask up to to show other, um, people otherwise. But it, it, you know, I'll have four or five things in my head before I respond to a message sometimes because what my actual response in my head is far more visceral than my actual response ends up being because I'm just like you, an idiot, you know, you know. But I'm I'm not going to put that in a message. So, um, yeah. so that's what you're always thinking right before you, text yeah. me. that makes a lot of sense. Now that makes a lot of sense. I like that. But, it, but it's, it's such a, it's such a, a weird thing that we're, we're meant to just be kind. We're meant to just be happy. We're meant to just be there. And I was like, no, I'm not, no. And there's always been the thing. And I think people probably thought that, you know, after, um, streaming for a while or after doing this or after doing that, or after being in the mental health space, that my mind would change. And no, it's made it more cement in my mind that, we are just lambasted with this nonsense of what mental health is meant to be, what recovery is meant to be, what our way of being is meant to be. And it comes so much from this idea that apparently if you have a mental health issue, if you're neurodivergent, if you're this, you're that, you are one person, you are a monolith. And that's it. You know, you have to subscribe to this LA wellness approach of things, which I'm sorry, Fuck off. The LA wellness approach on doing things, you know, in the corner of a gym, um, you know, stretching, going, um, it is probably one of the most toxic approaches to mental health, I think is actually possible. Um, you know, that there's I find the approach of be nice to everyone, be kind, um, smile that confuses people. I find it so toxic because it's not allowing you to live in your emotions. It's making you actively have to mask and not show true emotions. It's making you be something you're not. And that's not meaning you're meant to scream at everybody, but you shouldn't have to be nice to everyone. There's a, there's a comedian over here called David Mitchell. Um, and uh, he, he had a little... Wait, run. you have comedy over there? We have the best comedy, my friend. Um, but we, have, we have a comedian <laughs> called David Mitchell. <laughs> Um, and he made a, he made a he made a comment about um, about this uh, you know the customer is always right type thing, and he said um, because when you go to an interview, um, people will always kind of be you know make you make you say it was like your dream to work at McDonald's to get the fucking job, and he was like, why do you have to? You know, you're doing the job because I want money. I'm doing the job. I have you give me money. The job is being done. Why do I have to do it with a smile? Piss off. You know, and, that, and yeah, I'm with David Mitchell. If it's if that's not how you're feeling, you shouldn't have to do that. It's it's just I'm going to use the word that people weren't like. It's insane. <laughs> like that to me is the definition of goddamn insanity. <laughs> I <clears throat> I hear where you're coming from, and I, I agree with a lot of it. Um, I do want to say that while we have this notion that like. Being kind means like being agreeable means like, you know, people pleasing and things, but that's not kind. It's not kind to cover up your true feelings. Like how you truly feel about something is not kind to hold an opinion because you think that somebody won't be able to handle it, that you don't want to hurt their feelings. So you let them do stupid things that you know, they shouldn't be doing. And they ask you and you're like, yeah, if that, you know, if that makes you happy, that makes me happy. Like, no, let people 
un- know your true feelings because that is actually kind and you're you're not being unkind by actually telling someone how you feel. And I think that that's where like kindness has been turned around on its head and allowing people to treat you like crap is unkind to yourself. And that's unkind to them because now they've been, you know, made to think that they can treat people this way and that's okay, but it's not right. So when we, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. I like to think, I don't know what you're going through. And there are things that, you know, I will put up with. There's a lot less that I'll put up with now because I'm being kind to myself and I'm going to tell you how I feel and an opinion. And I'm not going to be scared of your response because guess what? That's awesome. Good for you. That's it. And that's where I think like the kindness thing really goes on its own. It doesn't mean just go out and be a dick to somebody, but absolutely tell somebody, you know, if you have to tell somebody off, tell somebody off. You don't have to do it in the most like worst and most aggressive manner possible. Sometimes you do, but you can, you can do that. And that is the kindest thing that you can do uh, for that person that day. Cause they might take a step back and be like, Whoa, I'm acting like a total douchebag right now. I need to change how I'm acting. And then the same thing, you don't have to wear a smile. You know, like if you're not feeling it, don't wear a smile. Yeah, this one of the one of the things I really hate. Like, so um, this this definitely shows a difference in in culture as well. So Walmart, for instance, um, where it's just like the greeters and the smile. That approach is seems so fucked up in Europe. Like England is not exactly known for customer service, but we probably have the nicest in terms of customer service in Europe. Like if you get further east, they're going to be more kind of just get the fuck out of my shop. You've got your stuff. Go away. What do I need you for? Like, and and that I actually appreciate that more. Uh, you know, so Walmart tried to open in Germany in the nineties, um, and the it, the idea of greeters, the idea of backpackers, everything like that was so abhorrent to the um, German culture that within six months the entire thing had been scrapped in how they did it, and it just became another store. Because it was just everything about it was it was just fake and apparent, and that's I think the the big thing as well is this the fakeness. It, like if you think about this, have a nice down. It is probably seen as as a uh, you know as a complete joke to a lot of the world that approach, and that's why I always refer to it as like LA wellness because it's 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 that how I feel about it. And like you say, it is kind of to just have it out with someone. There's a, there's an old way of of like fighting as well. So if you think back to like the 1950s when people at least over here, if people had a disagreement on a you know Saturday night or something outside of a pub, they'd have a punch up. One of them would win, and then the, the loser would buy the guy a pint. They'd get back, and that was done. So there was a disagreement. They weren't just going, oh, well, you know, it, it's fine. No, no, no. no, one of them got punched in the head and then they, they had a good night because they had a drink and it was fine. And I realize it's a sobriety um, podcast, but that is how it happened in pubs. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's that's the thing. It was it was not just, oh, we've got to be nice because smile at each other and all this nonsense. Like if I'm in a restaurant and the server, uh, the waiter, waitress, whatever, isn't smiling at me, I don't care. Is my food nice? Is my food hot? Is my food on time? 
you've done your job. Well done. Thank you very much. You should get paid for that. I couldn't give two flying fucks if you're smiling. And I've been and I've eaten in Michelin starred restaurants and, and different things. There is no difference in how I want that person to act. The the constant attention um, towards me. I don't want that. I don't need that. If you're having a shit day, and let's be honest, you're working as a as a waiter or a waitress, you're probably having a shit day. Cool. I'm not going to make it worse by by expecting you to smile and be nice to me. If I'm being a dick, tell me. Like I really want them to be able to have that freedom. Because uh, I've worked in I, I've worked in kitchens. I've worked as a waiter. I've worked um, as a chef. I've worked as but I've done these things. And the amount of times I've said to um, waiters when they've got um, you know a, a dodgy table or something, I just went, "Give me a black shirt." I'll drop out of my whites. I'll go talk to them because I don't need to be nice to them Um, because that's not how it should be. This kind of fake back and forth of our interactions daily is probably one of the main reasons we we live in a society where people are constantly battling their own emotions because no one knows what their own emotions are half the time because we're always having to put some kind of mask up. Oh, it's the mask for the PTA meeting. It's the mask for the theatre. It's the mask for, um, you know, the, the lodge meeting, whatever it is. And you're like, just, Fucking how it's exhausting. That's the truth. That is the truth. That's been the biggest liberation that I've had is just being myself. So now I don't have to worry about where I am. I'm just me. You don't like it. Cool. Thanks for letting me know so that I don't have to put any more energy or time into this. Right. And, you know, the most like, the most my feelings have been hurt. The most like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The most I have felt really bad is when I find out somebody's not telling me the truth. Mm-hmm. I find out that you are changing your answer because you think I can't handle it. There is nothing more degrading to me that a person who has always withstood whatever it has been and you don't want to hurt my feelings so much that you don't tell me the truth. And I find out later that you were not telling me the truth because you think I couldn't handle it. Now, like, I'm absolutely fucking pissed because A, you think I'm not mature enough to be able to handle my emotions. B, you think that I'm not enough of an adult to be able to handle whatever comes out of your mouth. And you think that I won't be able to handle any situation. I'm just going to fold and that's it. That's all that there's going to be. It's like, never have I given somebody reason to believe that period. And so when people do that to me, like it just, it, I absolutely, I go nuts and it is uncomfortable to be truthful with people sometimes, especially when you know that they don't want to hear that truth. But afterwards, you don't have to go through again like, oh, I should have said this. I should have done that. You said your piece and that's yeah. it. Yeah, it's 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 when I think it becomes so patronizing when people do it, because like it's like I, I, I alluded to it earlier when I will use words like crazy or fucked up in the heads when I talk about my mental health. And you will occasionally get people go, oh, you can't say that. Why not? Because you're talking about, yeah, but I'm talking about my my mental health, my emotions, the way that I am, or if I know the person that I'm on a podcast with or or discussing with or whatever, I'm talking about them. You don't know either of us. You don't know anything about um, any of this. 
what you're effectively saying by saying that we can't talk about that is trying to defend us from ourselves. You're being patronizing as fuck, effectively going, I don't know if you realize this, but you're actually being, you know, you're you're actually putting yourself down. You're actually, uh, you know, that's that's derogatory towards you. And it's like, yeah, to me, motherfucker, it's got nothing to do with you. Like, it's not your business. It's mine. I'm the one that understands. I'm the one that's dealing with it and going through it. It is it is the definition of Karen activity. It's like, oh, well, I'm defending this person. You're defending me against myself. What the fuck are you on about? If I'm going to call myself fucked in the head and 100 goddamn percent anyone out there, I am fucked up in the head. This, this don't work right. Okay. Then that's my prerogative. That's me talking about my mental health, my interactions, my way of doing it. And I've had this with people before because that's also my way of dealing with things. And I, fucking hate the way people will go yeah but you can't talk down to yourself because this and the other and no in fact to talk about mindset by dave again i am the exception to one of his rules about talking down to yourself because it's like yeah, yeah, yeah except for up because for me actually it is helpful to do that and it's not the same for everyone and that's why we are the ones that are in charge of dealing with our own emotions, of dealing with the way that we want to interact with ourselves. And that's why the charity is the way it is, because it gives you the ability to interact with how you want your mental health to be dealt with. And so just going, well, you've got to be like this. You've got to use this. You've got to talk like this. You've got to understand yourself in this way. No, I don't. I need to just have an interaction myself. And actually, the way I do that and the way I talk about it is one of the most mindful things you can possibly do. But the thing is, nobody understands what mindful is. It's a nice buzzword, again, from LA Fitness, which effectively, um, I've just realized that's a brand as well. But you know what I mean? Um, that's LA Wellness. Um, but, you know, it is just this tagline that people use of, oh, it's mindful. And what they actually mean when they're saying that is you talk calm. That's all anyone really means half the time when they're saying it. But actual mindfulness is that presence and interaction with your own self, taking stock of what's happening, what you're, where your emotions are, the present moment. And so me talking in that way and interacting myself in that direct approach, whether it's nice, nasty or whatever, that's mindfulness. And, you know, for anyone that wonders or worry, doesn't know, there's fucking diplomas in the background for a reason. Like, yes, I do. Just written a goddamn course on mindfulness. This is what it is. But people don't use it in that way. They use it in the positive, toxic positivity bullshit way of we've got to talk calm and go, I'm in a, in a um, crowded room together. No, it, no, no. I have control over the way I want to do it. And that's the way we we need to. If, if talking to yourself in a certain way is the best way for you, when you've had that interaction with yourself, then that's the way you should do it. There's, you know, I, I meditate to die hard. I've said it before because I find it really goddamn helpful. And that goes back to the, what I said at the start, like do what works for you. There's no one right way. There's no one right way to go through life. There's no one right way to, you know, get sober. If that's what you want to say, alcohol free, stop drinking, whatever verbiage you want to use, use it. Whatever program you want to use, use it. The same thing with mental health where, you know, and that's your definition of mindfulness is how I think about mindfulness too. The awareness, the, the being top of mind about something like that's, that's there. And it's, I have been throughout my life, my own biggest critic. You can't hurt me more than I hurt myself. Right. But what I have failed to be is on the other side of that, my best friend. 
And what I need in certain situations changes. I could use a more critical voice inside sometimes. I could use a much more friendly voice sometimes because that is what I have needed in life. But because I've only been critical, that's where it's become a problem. But now that I can slide in between and I understand the differences of a situation of what I'm feeling of what I could use to help me move forward. Like that's where I think we get stuck is people use the always, you always need it this way. You always need it that way. Kind of like those boxes, people put you in the box. It's like it, sometimes you're going to be, you're going to want this. Sometimes you're going to want this. And oftentimes it's going to be somewhere in the middle. And that's the truth. So when we go to these extremes and we stay at the extremes, that's when things get not useful at all. And you start to build this guilt and shame because you think you always have to be this one way. But that's not human. It's not human at all. I mean, Swayze. Swayze said it best. No one puts baby in a corner, but we keep fucking doing it to ourselves. Like... (laughs) <laughs> and it's it is that thing. <laughs> we're ever changing like we are always changing that's why mindfulness is so, is so important and i i would argue that my definition of mindfulness is the definition of mindfulness um purely an etymology of english because the word mindful literally means to be aware of what you're saying and apparently when we put ness on the end suddenly we're in calm voices saying namaste no you're not suddenly in indian just because you do yoga and meditation um i actually find the the way that that works for a lot of people when they do mindfulness incredibly insulting culturally insulting as well as everything else um as someone that's been doing yoga for about 30 uh, no yoga for a decade and meditation for about 30 years um but <laughs> separate thing um but uh, but yeah i mean the fact that we're ever changing is where the mindfulness comes in and it's why we need to be aware of what's happening now. I mean, one of the first things I said to you in the last podcast, and um, when you were talking about how um, you didn't know how to forgive yourself for stuff you'd done, my response was, why the fuck are you trying? You're not that person anymore. And to try and interact in that way is the least mindful thing to do. To tr- you're, you're, You end up trying to interact with a version of you that doesn't exist and it is somebody else. And so being mindful is is seeing, right, oh, I was a dick today. Shit. Right. That's me having to deal with something right now and emotions and how I've treated that. This, this right now I'm doing not, oh, this happened. I I got pissed um, 10 years ago, um, drank too much at a, a frat party or whatever and um, did uh, and said some horrific shit. Yeah, I need to apologize for that. But who am I forgiving? Because anybody I interacted with either fucking hates me and that's not going to change. Or they I need care. to get one thing straight, though. I never drank at a frat party. Thank you very much. <laughs> that was just because the frat, the frat was too expensive, right? <laughs> Something like that, yes. It's such a weird thing. I just got to say, just randomly... That whole thing just does not exist in England. Like, it's such a weird concept. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't partake. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I think, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm far more on the mindful, mindfulness side of things. Um, and I, it's weird because I didn't even really know. I didn't even really realize until I got more into the, my, my mental health journey as someone that does facilitation education that what I was doing was mindfulness. I didn't even really realize. And I was like, Oh, actually, like this is exactly what this is. Because again, 
whenever I'd heard mindfulness in the past, it was just, you know, in the background. And it's like, no, no, that's that's not this. So it's it's an interesting thing. And I mean, that's why I, I wrote the um, you know, I've written a a course on 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 mindfulness for people. So and that's gonna help. Yeah, that's gonna be great for people to be able to have that. So um I guess where do people start with mindfulness? I wanna, you know, because that's something that I think people go to what you're talking about. So with mindfulness, what's a really good starting place? I mean, the easiest thing for with mindfulness for me, I would say uh would be with mindfulness when rj is is running away here um with mindfulness if you if you're looking for a way to interact with your own mind and have that mindfulness moment what you need to do is find something that you can interact with and the way you do that is by finding something you enjoy um the best way of getting to a mindfulness moment is finding enjoyment interaction with things that you would normally do because if you try and be mindful, and the reason I have such issue, for instance, with LA Wellness, is that would not be mindful for me because that's not what's helpful to me. However, there are people that um, that kind of very calm ocean noises, all that kind of stuff, it is what they enjoy, what they get something out of. And so for them, exactly what they should do. But if your weekend, you you tail, you know, you're, you're tailgating and, and watching the football, then that's probably that actually this is the weird one that's your mind that's the start of your mindfulness journey if if having a having a a cookout whilst you're watching uh american football game is the thing that you do and it's the time when you feel the most like you and and where you're with your mates and whatever that's the start of your mindfulness that's the start of of it because you don't have to think about what you're doing. And that's where it comes in is not having to actively think about the activity. It's just there. It's what you always do. And it gives you that time to be able to just relax without having to force yourself to relax. And when you are just relaxed and enjoying things generally, that gives you that ability to then think about why something happened that day, that week, that month, and how to interact with it. You know, if you're sitting at home trying to go, oh, what did I do this week? Oh my God, I've got to, you're gonna, you're gonna do nothing but bang your head against the wall. Whereas if you're enjoying a burger with your with your your friends after watching your team win or lose or whatever, because that's what you do every weekend, then oh god, God, you know what? I need to, I need to apologize to to Brad on Monday. I, I was a dick. Um and yeah, what? Oh, I need to need to think about this. Um, yeah. Hey, we're going to enjoy today, but yeah, I need to I need to, I need to think about a few things because you get to relax in the moment. You're not having to force the moment. So, if gardening is what you do and enjoy and can relax in, start with that. If watching a film and watching films and Netflix is your thing, start with that. If meditation is your thing and the whale noise, then start with that. It's literally down to you. And I think that's the thing that mindfulness a lot in the wellness industry in general has got wrong. Because let's be honest, no matter no matter what someone's culture, no matter what someone's background, anything, when we get thrown wellness, they're all wearing flowing um, kind of dresses effectively. Um, they're all going namaste to each other and acting like they're Deepak, uh, Deepak Chopra. And you're like, 
that's not mindfulness. That's you making a buck and you can fuck off. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, for me, like cooking and driving were where I started. Like cooking a dinner allowed me to get into that, that space of being relaxed, you know, and driving is something that put me into a space of, I could reflect on lots of things. And then from that starting point, I built on top of it to where now I can reflect on things, uh, doing other things, going for walks in nature, right? Like, um, that's a, that's a really easy one where you can start like trying something new and then you get into possibly the meditation and things like that. Like it, it was probably two and a half years of not realizing I was doing it, but doing it with cooking and driving. And then it's built on top of that. And there is no time frame. Like don't put time frames on yourself. Like it things happen when they happen. And when you find something that allows you to relax and get into a state that you can just reflect, like know that that's the one that's the one to go back to. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, mindfulness and meditation do go hand in hand, but I think there's also, whilst we, we've mentioned that a couple of times, the point to, the, the thing to point out to people as well is meditation isn't just crossing your legs and going, um, either. Like, that's not where meditation is. Meditation, no. a lot of the mindful stuff, and it's that moment of the ability to take in things whilst your mind is not empty because your mind can't be fucking empty. The amount, if anyone ever, if you ever go to someone, they go empty, empty your mind, just walk out because their mind's as empty as it's ever going to get. Um, it's that ability to actually not have to focus directly on 50 different things at once. And I've said, um, I think I'm just having fun here. Um, and I've said in the past with, um, with, with meditation, it's about that um, ability to not have to take in 10 things at once because in our everyday lives, continually, what we are doing is having to deal with someone talking here, someone talking here, us having to do some work, us then thinking about what we're going to eat later. And then the whole point of meditation is to take that bit out so that there's only one, really one stimulus. And for a lot of people, that's that's breathing. That's why a lot of meditations focus on that. You have guided meditations. We have them on the charity where um, you can have a voice helping you through it so that you may just be focusing on your breath. You may just be focusing on that person's voice, whatever it is. It has one point of focus. But for a lot of people, if you are doing something that you really, really enjoy, that becomes your point of focus. So it's why I uh, meditate to Die Hard, for instance, because I know Die Hard inside out. I know that film really well, so I don't have to take in an active stimulus. I really hate silence, as anyone has being able to figure out RJ also realizes this, which is why he realizes I can keep talking when he goes away. Um, I was about to point out how much I appreciate you (laughs) on this episode because (laughs) it's like 90, 10 that they're really good and take care of themselves (laughs) on a podcast. And this is the 10 and it's a, I mean, just like amped up 10. It's why I talk. Um, But yeah, that that to, um, you know, not have to have silence is why I have die hard. But it also means I can just focus without having to take in 50 stimulus. I can just take in one. And that's what makes it so happy, uh, so easy for me. It's not happy. But it's why most people, most people out there, because the amount of people that go, oh, I can't meditate. No, you can't meditate the way they've told you on a on a YouTube video. You have almost definitely, if you've ever done anything in your life that you've enjoyed, you have almost definitely meditated. And the easiest way to think about that is 
have you ever heard the saying, time flies when you're having fun? The reason it flies is because you basically meditated. Your mind switched off because it didn't need to give you 50 stimulus. It needed to have one. You had it. And that's effectively what you were doing. You were meditating in that time. You know, the amount of times that I've taught meditation and had people go, and I've said, like, how long do you think we were we were going for in that session? And they're like, oh, like five minutes. I'm like, it's an hour later. And that's because their mind switched off in the same way that it can switch off when you're driving, for instance. Hopefully not too much. But it, um, or when you're cooking, uh, when you're, you know, gardening, whatever. I would you're say doing. like listening to your favorite songs, right? Like that it's is absolutely. one way like oh, my. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, your songs. This is the thing as well is if you know that there's something, you know, really well. Um, is where it's made far easier with meditation because you aren't having to take in that 50 stimulus. So cooking, you're, you can be, it's actually easier if you're doing a midweek meal or something that you generally do because your hands are already reaching for the stuff you need. Like you're not actually thinking about it. You're just doing it in the same way that if something is coming towards you, if a car's coming towards you, whatever like that, you don't think about jumping out of the way. You just get out of the way. And that's what your mind is just used to doing. It, it likes to sit in a place where it doesn't have to think. And it's a weird thing because I think people don't like the idea of not, not interacting, not paying attention to everything around them because we've been told with our 50 screens, I realize I'm saying this with three screens in front of me, but like we've been taught that we've got to interact with everything around us. Naturally, our mind just wants some time where it just goes, that one thing, that one thing, thank fuck. And <laughs> like I'll deal with that one thing. You know, and whatever that is, it's, you know, almost every athlete on the planet, if they are honest with themselves, meditate daily because their repetition in what they're doing is the best form of meditation. And I I, I love that explanation, like, so much. And um, as someone with ADHD and like understanding ADHD and everything, when I go for a walk in nature, I can't just walk in nature. I have my noise canceling headphones and I'll at least walk in that silence or generally I will be, have a playlist on a music playlist that helps me to get into that state, to do that. If I just walk in nature and I listen to the sounds Sometimes I can stop and listen for a little bit, but it is, I'm not focused for very long. I just, it does not help me focus. And I, that noise canceling, just my brain is always doing 75, 150, you know, so many things. And when I put that noise canceling on and I walk in nature, it's just like, I'm just walking and that's it. And I still get the nature and I get to like see the stimulus, but like not taking it in, in my ears, like there's something about it that allows me to just sit back and allow things to be. And, you know, maybe that's just a, an RJ thing. Maybe that's something that ADHD, like people will um, resonate with, you know, try it, see what happens. That for me, just like, it helps to shut my mind up to a point where I can actually just, just let things pass. And that that's, that's the important thing. It's, and I think that the thing that we, we have mentioned, but somebody will turn their mind off as to that. We've mentioned it is 
this won't be right for everyone. Yes. But if it's not right for you, don't fucking do it. And th- that's that's the problem is there'll be th- there's always people, especially when it's a mental health podcast or something like that. They'll go, I'm going to try this. That's the way this. But I've got no, no, no. Just told you. What, what 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 do you enjoy? What do you do? Go and do that. Don't go. Oh well, I'm going to go in nature with with headphones on. Oh, I'm going to go and listen to Di- watch Die Hard. Do you like Die Hard? Do you like nature? Do you do you like-, like the greatest Christmas movie ever made? 100 see there's every now and again me and rj agree on things um but it's like that's if you don't then the fuck are you doing and this the problem is people will just get into that mindset and and that's the problem is it also causes the issues um later down the line because it's like when people may go into talking therapy like i say i don't interact with it none of them that i've used have been helpful but i will never say that talking therapy isn't any good but mm-hmm. some people do because they've tried one type or two types and then switch off to it completely because that didn't work in that way. And it's like, yeah, but did you go to one that sounded like it was right for you? Did you talk to the therapist or the or whatever first? You know, if I'm going to interact with someone, I need to know that I can talk in a certain way. You know, I heard, for instance, I knew there was um, I, I interacted once on uh, when I was when I was streaming with someone who's therapist had basically had a go at them and told them that um basically god had um fucked up their head because they were gay i'm like why one that fucking is their license taken away but two i would have had a meeting first to see if that person's um way viewpoint of the world actually aligns in some way to mine that doesn't mean that you they have to think the exact same way as you but they have to have like if you're gay and they're a homophobe don't go to them if you um you know if you are um someone that swears a lot like me and they're going to be you know the kind of person that tells you off for saying the word swine you can't not say that that. Yeah, that's yeah. not good for your mental health yeah exactly that kind of interaction um or if i'm beating myself up and their immediate response is you know you don't do that then no i'm not going to talk to you because you're not going to be helpful for me could be really helpful for someone else Someone else is going to be exactly who they need. But for me, you're not going to be. And I think that's something we need to be doing more. And you'll get therapists that are just going, to go, well, I just need you to, um, to talk. I'm not going to interact in a certain way. Well, then if, if you need emotional interaction, that's not going to be the person for you. If you do want someone to just listen to what I'm saying, then give me something. Then that is the person for you. But you need to go to the person that's right for you. And the problem is we don't. We just go to someone random because we've been told that it may have helped somebody. Or I was going to say the yellow pages, but who the fuck uses the yellow pages anymore? But, you know, we, we've heard it that it's got a good Yelp review, which fuck that for therapists. But, you know, it's got a good Yelp review and we go to it. Like, yeah. And then we blame all therapy. We blame all yeah. talking therapy or we blame all meditation. We blame all whatever. Yeah, because it wasn't the right one for you. Yeah. You have to figure it out. And that's like, that's why I say try it on and see because you may not know. You might know, so don't do it if you know it's not up your alley. But if you don't know, you can try it out. And Waba actually is the one who blew my mind when they said on this show, um, shop for therapists. You don't have to go to the same one shop. And I'm like, wait, what? You can do that? Because I was that person. Like, call the insurance company. Yep, I need to go see a therapist. Okay. I don't know. This one doesn't seem like they're really, I don't feel like therapy's helping. This is, I'm not really getting anything out of it. I'm just talking a lot. And Wava's like, 
okay, go to someone else because someone else might. And I'm, yeah. you can do that. That's allowed. I yeah, and I, we, yeah, I'd have had the exact same response. It's it's, it's what you need to do. Yeah, um, people will just go, oh yeah, but I, I've been to I've been to therapy before. Okay, how many times? You know, there's there's a million different therapists and and a million different therapies out there, and certain ones aren't going to work. It's why I have issue with um, the NHS's approach, for instance, um, because they only use CBT. That's their their only way of doing things is CBT, which for some people, fucking brilliant. If you have CPTSD, it is not, okay, it is very unlikely to help because it's a complex PTSD and that's not made for that. It's just not made for it. Yeah. So even if they wanted to help you with that, it's not for that. It may be able to help break some barriers down. Cool. And hey, there's going to be one or two people out there that it absolutely helps, just somehow helps. But to throw the same therapy at every single thing just because that's, well, it's the easiest approach. No. And that's why we have the other people you can go to. I mean, therapy over here is, it, I mean, English people won't agree with me because of, you know, free or nothing, but it's pretty affordable. Like in central London, you can get a therapist for £40, for 30, £40 pounds an hour. Like in central London, which is one of the most expensive cities. Yeah, but how long does it take you to lose the £40 pounds to pay them? I mean... You know, that could be not very long for some people, but for others, that's like a month. It, I mean, it is. But then um, what I'm talking about is like central. I just, I'm making, I'm making a joke about losing the weight to pay. I, I mean, know. come on. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going straight past I know, it. I know. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, but like, and if you think about it, like that's central London. And if you go, like, if if you, if you are someone that just, you know, you don't have the money, whatever. Go, go outside, you know, or you might, you know, not everyone in England lives in London, despite what our, our um, airports want to suggest. They don't. Um, like, yeah, but you can walk across it in like an hour. So yeah. it's okay. I don't know about that. Yeah. Get, just going to point this one out to anyone coming in. Heathrow, not in London. Luton, not in London. Gatwick, not in London. In fact, Gatwick is two counties away, which in English terms to American is like, is like saying, oh, um, this is Texas airport. And then you find, find out you're in Florida. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so for, for us, it's pretty inexpensive. Obviously, you have. You know, if you're in America, there's there's issues of insurance, but there's there's also there's also ways of talking to your insurer and 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 developing that. I mean, it was Wabba that that said this to you, and and uh, and they are American, so you right, know, they, they will know that there's there's ways of doing this. So, and if it, you talk to like a lot of like tip for people, if you talk to the office and you say you're uninsured, they can find a way for you to around. Same thing around 40, 50 bucks. Not every single one, but you can find those offices that will 40 or $50, you can get an appointment. And that's, yes, that is a decent chunk of change. But at the same time, it's very affordable to get some help that will help. Compare it to just taking an ambulance. I mean, yeah. I mean, and for those numbers as well, this won't be every state. And obviously, you know, there's there's differences. But um, on the Up for Mental Health website, um, at, right at the top of um, our resources page, uh, which has like the breakdown of different things because it's a UK based charity. But right at the top, it says worldwide. And if you click on that, there's an American link. Um, if you are in America and they there are therapists on there, there are services on there that are free. Like not for everywhere and not every state or anything, but there are ones that are either incredibly affordable or free. So even like 
because I know there's a lot of people out there that, w- that want to avoid um, maybe getting help because of 50 different reasons, but there could still be something there. And I think that's that's something to remember as well, because there's, there's people out there that want to help. There's charities out there that want to help, you know, and, and they they have this some kind of philanthropic um, approach that they've managed to set up that, you know, cool, let's, let's go to them. And, you know, having that ability to just kind of go, right, I need to go to someone that's going to help rather than going this doesn't work i'm just going to walk away from it because that, that doesn't help you in the long run yeah you you get really good at pretending you're okay but that's not actually helpful like pretending you're okay doesn't help and the amount of people out there um, i may have to use an analogy again that i actually used in my own video the other day um but like so this approach that so many people have of oh i'm okay i know what the problem is i know it's this this is what this is Cool. But that was when you started. And this is why mindfulness is important. But that's when you started. That's what the problem, this little thing, this was, that's when you started. But that was a decade ago. We look back on that problem now. I'm going to guess it doesn't look the same. So these, I mean, the quick analogy that I I always use for this is it's like getting bread from the store. You know, the the stuff that comes in cellophane. Um, And you put it on the counter at home and you go, you go away for the day and you come back. It's still there. Still looks the same. It's only been a day. Then you go away for a couple of weeks and you come back and it's got a little bit of condensation on the inside of the plastic, but it's still the same bread. It's still exactly the same. Same as that problem that you that you know is there. It's, it's the same. I recognize it. it's fine. I don't need to talk about it. It's there. I don't need to eat the bread. I don't need to talk about the problem. Then you go away for a month and you come back and well, there's some mold on it and oh, it's expanded. The plastic's expanded and it's a bit... But it's still the same. Like it's, I've just got older. That's the only reason that's the, like, it's still the same bread. And then you go away for two or three years and you come back and it's a, just a mess. It's now a moldy, it's, it's, it's a growth. It's, there is no bread left. It's not the same thing. Everything has changed. The plastic has even gone because it's eaten through it. It is now stained the counter that it was on. It's changed its surroundings. So it's not only that itself is now a complete mess and a growth and and completely different that you don't recognize anymore, but actually everything around it has been changed in some way because of it. And that's the same as that problem that you have, because that one problem was fine. But now not only is that problem different and changed because of everything that's happened in your life, it's also changed the way you approach everything because of it and the way it has progressed. And it's something we need to remember rather than just going, this therapy didn't work. I'm not going to go for anyone else. I know my problem. That's fine. Because that does nothing. That's when we lead ourselves to things like addictions. That's when we lead ourselves to things like some kind of obsession, because that's us in reality, a lot of the time trying to get away from that problem and trying to forget that it's there, but it's still there and it looks goddamn different now. And Real life example, um, you know, you're hearing his voice right now. And that is RJ, where I stopped drinking. That was the problem. That was it. And then six years later, um, yeah, I need to figure out my life because it's affecting me as a parent. It's affecting me as a partner. And now, you know, I'm getting divorced. And a big reason for it is because it was drinking. I took care of that. I don't, I don't have anything else. everything's great. Like, you know, work is awesome. I'm moving up like everything, but no, it wasn't. And I was lying to myself. I was creating all these masks. I wasn't, I didn't know who I was. I was stuck in this 
cycle of self-loathing because that's what it all was. And I didn't know it. And that's where the work has led me. That's where the growth is. And understanding that it's not just, oh, I know that I'm on this extreme. I just need to get to that extreme and everything will be great. No, like it takes steps to get there and it's going to slide along that, like we talked about earlier. And I'm in a much different place and a much better place now. It isn't easy. It wasn't easy. It was definitely that mindfulness and understanding that, you know, it took my reality being shattered for me to finally own up to the fact that, oh, you need to do something because guess what? Uh, you don't have shit figured out. Hmm. And admitting that and starting on the journey, that's it. That's, and guess what? I still don't got shit figured out. But now I can admit to myself, I don't have shit figured out. And that is a heck of a lot different and a lot more powerful than thinking that everything's great and hiding and everything. I took care of the one problem. There's nothing now. 100%. I mean, the amount of people that I... So many people like to go, yo, I've got my shit sorted. I've got my shit figured out. I'm like, no, you don't. If you have to tell us that, no, you don't. Oh, thank you. Thank you. you. If you did, why do you need to tell me? If if you've truly got everything sorted out, why do you feel the need to try and lord that over somebody? Because that's an insecurity, and insecurity is suggesting maybe you don't quite have that shit figured out. But people like to say that every now and again. Oh, well, I've got I'm I'm in my twenties. I've got I'm in my thirties, forties, fifties, whatever. I've got my shit figured out. Rich people do. Well, I've got I've got my millions. I've got my shit figured out. They they tend to then try and sell you dodgy university courses. Um, you know that people do that and it, because you know I'm obviously know what I'm doing. I'm I've got my shit sorted. I'm a I'm an adult now. Bitch, please. None of us know what the fuck we are doing. And you know what? Anybody out there is going to go. Well, that's just no. It's not just me, motherfucker. Like the philosophers of old basically said the same thing. You know, it's <laughs> the idea that you know anything is is you're lying. The best thing to realize in life is that you know nothing. Only when you know you realize you know nothing are you on the path for any knowledge. Because the, the time that you're trying to say that you know everything, you're not allowing anything new in. You're not understanding anything that's changed. You're not allowing any development of yourself. Because the same people that go, I know everything, and I know this, and I know that, and I've got my shit together, they're also toddlers. Because they say the same stuff, just without the swearing. <laughs> Yeah. And that's, that's what I hope people take away from this. And when they go to uppermentalhealth.org and look at everything that is happening over there, all the great stuff, like you see that it's not that you are broken. It's not that there's things that need to be fixed. It's not that all the stigmas that we have, it's that, no, why can't we just kind of start to work on things and make things better for ourselves period yeah it's <laughs> yeah i mean it's why i've always um i've always hated the way that people talk about university um and it comes along with this because university at its core had nothing to do with finding a job it had fucking nothing to do with finding a job what it was for was to increase your knowledge and to understand the world around you that's what it has always been to me. That's the reason I study. It's the reason I have degrees, the reason I've done degrees, because they let me know things. It's, it's a reward. It's an egotistical reward to myself that I might know something. And 
that's helpful because the main thing that does is to make me go, I want to know something else because I don't know everything and I know I don't know everything. And even if you constantly want to know everything, you will always know that you don't know it. It's the torment of Tantalus to want to know and to know that you can't. And that to me is what university should be. It's what education in general should be. It's what studying should be. So going, well, I know something here, but I know I don't know all of it because I never can. I know something about this. Cool. And I want to understand it more. I want to know the most about it, but I'm never going to know everything about it. Somebody's always going to know something different to me, something more than me, understand it in a different way, approach it from a different perspective. The easiest, um, easiest thing um, to think about for me would be um, my master's degree in political theory. When I did that, my my one of the questions that they first came to came to us was, um, what what do we think of when we think of resistance? What is resistance? And my response was literally something the lecturers had never heard before. And that's not to say that I was smarter than really when you hear that bullshit that someone's going to try and go, oh, he's just bigging himself up. No, it's just okay. They hadn't thought that way before, and they're the lecturers. They're the ones that we go to because they know the stuff. But they had the knowledge to know that they didn't understand, to know that they um, that somebody had come from a different perspective, and they wanted to know more. That became my dissertation for my masters because it's what they wanted. They wanted, well, how can someone think this way? So even people that that are teaching you should always want to know more. We had the same in martial arts. Any martial arts, um, somebody wanted to try and get a, a black belt. If a black belt is your end you've known nothing about martial arts. Black belt is the beginning of your journey. It's, you've just got through the first bit and black belt is you starting again. All of those elements at which you study from physical to um, to mental, along those lines, you should always want to progress more and understand more and study more because you will never know all of it. You can't. You never have your shit together. You just don't. You're lying to yourself to say otherwise. And that's where curiosity and creativity come in that you stoke those and you stop limiting yourself. Yeah. Period. And that's, I'm saying that a lot. I need to stop with that. I'm starting to notice it, but like you (laughs) stop limiting yourself with curiosity and creativity. Who knows? Who knows what you can do, what somebody, you know, can do, who you might help, um, who you might inspire and motivate. Right. And I think we stop getting curious about ourselves because we are under the un, that false notion that we should know ourselves at this point, but you're always changing. And so being creative with what you might know about yourself, you might discover something new. And like, I like to tell people, I don't know if I've tried my favorite food yet. Yeah. I, there's a yeah. possibility, but I want to try more to see if I have a new favorite food. and. It's the same thing with just about everything in life. I'm not going to say I have a favorite right now. I used to not say that I had a favorite because I didn't want to hurt an inanimate object's feelings. So (laughs) like, that's what it comes down to. But I have a favorite right now. It doesn't mean it's my favorite forever. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and before someone says out there, yeah, curiosity killed the cat. But satisfaction brought it back again 
so let's let, we do the whole quote before someone wants to go well you shouldn't just be curious about yeah you kind of should because the satisfaction is you trying to understand more and the satisfaction you get from learning so yeah it, it's one of those things it's and you know understanding more getting different satisfactions from different things and being open to new experiences as you are to new foods there's actually a guy on youtube at the moment um trying out every country's um uh like f- most famous food to see it what he thinks to, like basically to try and find his his favorite food um i think his favorite at the moment is i can't remember the name of it but it's from indonesia that's his his current like the most famous um in indonesia Must not have had a cheeseburger yet it's, I think I think he is American actually. So I think he probably started with that. But yeah, he's just he's he's literally going like I want to find what my favorite food is, and he's doing it. I mean, it's just what you what you should do. Why wouldn't you want to know new things about yourself? Like you're clo- to 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 think any other way is to close off your mind, and I will never understand why that's ever a good option. It feels safe. I think that's what the option is, but it feels that way. But it's as you're saying right now, it's it turns out that it's not. And that's that's a difficult lesson to learn. And it's okay that you have to learn it. Yeah, because, again, learning is good. Absolutely. So (laughs) as we're kind of winding down here, um, uh, what what's one takeaway you want um, people to have? I think is to uh, to be able to interact with yourself. I think that's the, that's the thing, and that, that comes into mindfulness, into learning, into anything. Um, and having that time to interact with yourself is something that everyone should look to do, no matter what state you think you're in, whether you're in a good state, bad state, whatever. Just have a time to interact with yourself in some way, whatever that may mean to you. Whether that's going and watching the ball at the weekend, whether that's spending time with your kids, but whatever the fuck it is, like. Have some time to to interact with yourself. Don't just be on the continual cycle. I think you've talked about this before as well. When you would, um, you know, ele- electrical engineer, I don't know what your actual title was. Uh, like high voltage line tech. That's the best way to get it through to people. There you go. Um, so, like, you just end up being on a on a continuing cycle, and you're not actually allowing yourself to interact. You're just going round and round and round. Give yourself the opportunity to interact because hey you might do that and go you know what i actually quite like this because it, I, we are winding down really quickly to this there's nothing wrong with being mediocre there's nothing wrong with a life that isn't the best in the world there's fuck all wrong with that if you enjoy whatever job you have and it's a you're doing the same kind of thing but you know what you enjoy that you enjoy the same kind of um holiday you enjoy the same kind of dates that you go on with um, with your wife on date night. You enjoy the kids you have. You enjoy your work. You don't need to be the manager. You don't need to be a millionaire and you enjoy that. There's fuck all wrong with that. So I think having the interaction, great. That doesn't mean you have to do something different if you find from that interaction that actually you're doing the thing you enjoy. Like, cool. Absolutely fine. Brilliant. Nothing wrong with that at all. I love that. I love that you said that because that is extremely important and something that is not often, um, it's looked over, it's overlooked. Like, I don't know. We think that we're looked down upon if that's, you know, what we are doing. So I think we do a whole nother podcast on that. So before we get sucked in, if people want to keep up with you up, uh, where could they do that? 
Um, I mean, the easiest thing um, it would be the It's Good to Talk podcast. Uh, if you directly want to kind of see my face and how I interact, and probably a lot more sweary, um, you can come over to the It's Good to Talk podcast. Um, we'll, we'll have it in the, the the description below. You can come over to that. And I do a weekly podcast as well um, on different things of, men- uh, of mental health. Um, I am not as calm voiced as RJ, um, but I have everyone on there, the same kind of same as RJ. I have everyone, you know, ex-military, psychiatrists, everyone from lived experience, and just have a chat about mental health. Um, the other way, and the way I think some people may just need uh, is... Up for mental health. I'm current currently the chair um, of Up for Mental Health. Uh, we're doing different things. Obviously, it is a UK-based charity, um, but the online stuff. You know, if you have the internet, you can still use it. You know, you can be in, you can be anywhere. You can you can be in, um, you know, Argentina. You can be um, in Australia. You can be in America. It doesn't matter. You can still use the stuff online. Um, you can be in Florida fun. and actually use it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's. <laughs> it's growing all the time. There's always different things on there. You know, at the moment we've got somebody that teaches you how to do a breakfall, um, how to, basically how to throw yourself at the ground. Um, uh, we've got people that teach you how to do bod- podcasts on there. Um, myself and RJ are on there as well as Lobau. We've got people talking about their their different journeys in dance, um, and uh, we've got guided meditations. We've got everything in between, and it's always growing. So you know, you can always go there if you just need to to chill out, maybe as well. And utilize it like that's the thing if you are interested in it go to mental health up for mental health.org i don't know why i forgot that beginning up for mental health.org and check it out leave us let us know if you would like to add a video if it's missing something that you'd like to see if other things like that's the great thing about this and that's why i like the conversations that we have and what is happening at UpForMentalHealth.org because it's tangible and accessible in like, you know, help you take those first steps because those are a lot of times it's, it is those first steps. It's hard to find that starting point. There's midpoints where am I doing the right thing that slogged the plateau, right? But right now it's about just taking those first few and that's okay. And that's what this podcast is too. Like, you know, you've been listening to the Untapped Keg podcast where take different perspectives of mental health and sobriety. So you can take something and put it in your own life because there's only one right way to mental health and sobriety. That's the way that works for you, period. And I just said it again and I meant it that time. So yeah, follow us, do what you got to do and let's try to be better tomorrow than we were today because we don't make it, we tried. Love you.